This episode, you get to meet Dave Ross, Spirit of 76 CS27 classmate. I've known Dave since we were cadets. He was the yell leader of the cheer squad while we were at the academy. He also came from uh, Northern California, Sacramento area, where he uh, was uh, apparently a uh, uh, the the first high school student to be a intern at the state capitol. He got to meet some interesting characters, and he'll talk about that in this episode. Upon graduation, Dave uh, spent his first year recruiting minority uh, uh, candidates throughout the southeast, which is another interesting batch of stories. He uh, went off to pilot training, uh, did not finish pilot training, became an air weapons officer, flew up flying in the AWACS community until he retired in the late 90s as a lieutenant colonel. Upon retirement, Dave became a uh, motivational speaker, primarily because he joined Toastmasters while on active duty in the Air Force and was the world champ in 1991. You're going to like some of these stories Dave has, and and of course we share a lot of uh, uh, comedy stuff in here as well. Enjoy. There he is. Hi, Dave. Hi, John. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> so, th- thanks for doing this. I know, I know, buddy, and I and I really appreciate your your participation in this. Well, I'm really I'm I'm flabbergasted and honored that you would ask me. So, um, I really this is my pleasure. Well, uh, well, I hope I hope you enjoy this as much as I know I'm going to. So always start these off with well i don't always say the same question but I, I typically start these off with a uh you know what message do you have for the uh, class of 26 uh, and then any cadets that get wind of this or recent grads or, or guys in our generation is there kind of an overriding theme of what the what the academy was for you oh wow that's a lot all right here's here's my message to the class of 26 <laughs> i am so happy to be your legacy class that means I survived 50 years after graduation. But the most important thing I would tell them is, and, and, is that you will never know how precious you are to your classmates and your country until one day it hits you. One day the guy who you are rooming with and, and maybe, uh, you know how cadets harass each other, you do... You mess, you do something, you mess with them, laugh and laugh and laugh, and <laughs> 20, 30 years down the line, they're a three-star general. You know, <laughs> <laughs> or, or you know your roommate, your roommate who who you know uh, for the women, you know, and she sets you up with with her her crazy cousin who comes out to visit, and you wind up marrying him, and you you've got fifteen kids or whatever it is. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, it's 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 amazing. Um, that how time passes and uh, for me how fun it is to find out where we've all gone, what we've all done uh, to, to fill all that in. But the most important thing is what I really want is you are precious to this United States and this United States Air Force. You'll be, you will do some amazing things, some frightening things, some exciting things and yes some boring doggone things <laughs> but everything you do whether you know it or not is is valuable to our great nation um i i when i was in third grade i told my third grade teacher that when i grow up i want to go to the air force academy 
And this woman was, she was British. And she said, oh, you know, I had a friend who went there and with all the physical activity and everything, he died. You know, so. (laughs) (laughs) So, Oddly enough, that didn't deter me. Uh, So what, hang on, hang on. I'm impressed now. Third grade, that's uh, 10 years old, right? Yeah, about eight years old. Eight years old. Eight years old, yeah. Yeah. How did you yeah, figure it out that early? I, yeah, well, partly, um, you know, my father was in the Air Force at the time. He was a navigator. Um, that was part of it, but I don't think it was much of a part of it. It was, I was enthralled with, with, with aviation, with space program, with uh, the military. And um, I come from a family that, has a very, very dominant military gene. Um, we've, you know, my family has served in one capacity or another uh, from the revolution. My grandfather wow. was a Buffalo soldier, you know, and um, so, you know, I, I just, I wanted to be in the military, preferably the Air Force, maybe the Army, possibly the Marine Corps, but never the Navy. <laughs> I know that Uh-oh. probably rubbed you the wrong way, no, but hey, Air Force Brad also and I have similar uh, similar thoughts that will be shared yeah. at a different time. So, so where did you grow up? In Sacramento, California. All in one place, yeah. or did you move around? No, all in one place. Uh, my parents divorced, and so my father oh. moved around, and I stayed in Sacramento. My father went through NAV training at Mather, that no longer exists, uh, and. Uh, that was in Sacramento, and that's how he met my mother. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, it, yeah. Go ahead. No, I, just, I, I think Beale's up in that area too, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Beale is is just north there. Uh, there were, at the time there was Mather and McClellan and the Army Depot in Sacramento. I don't know if the Army Depot's there, but Mather and McClellan are long gone. Although when I went back for my high school reunion. Uh, my one of my buddies from elementary school lives on what used to be Mayfair Air Force Base, oh, wow. and and I went to the BX and commissary at what used to be McClellan, which is still. I'm sorry, I think the commissary is still around, but they closed the BX. Um, I think December, November, December. So. Oh wow! Just you, recent. Wow. Oh yeah, just uh, you know. McClellan was the first billet billeting I had in the Air Force because I went and stayed there for the, you know, the the physical fitness test uh, for the Air Force Academy in West Point. And uh, excuse me. And then I did the um, then I went to another place that's closed to Presidio in San Francisco. <laughs> it's uh, a park now, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, a park. Are you? It's, <sighs> Yeah. All right. Here's a story. I remember. Uh, Dave, that's what that's what 50 years does, man. Everything changes. <laughs> I know. And it's, it's absolutely amazing how it changes. I cannot yeah. imagine what life will be like in 2076 <laughs> when these guys are talking to their legacy class. You know? Yeah. Oh, but I hope I hope they realize that that whatever challenges they had as cadets, whatever difficulties or challenges they had 
in the Air Force uh, or in, in the military or the Space Force or wherever, uh, that they, they realize they, do, they did something important, even if they did do a lot of boring stuff. <laughs> it was still important. So, and, so while uh, we're still right. now, we're still talking a little bit about your childhood. I did yeah. a little research found out you were like a superstar in high school. <laughs> Which well, everybody uh, thinks they were really were. <laughs> uh, uh, well, okay. Well, yes and no. All right. So here's here is the story, the 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 secret backstory of Dave Ross before he became a cadet. He never played an interscholastic sport. Okay. And, you know, I think 90% of our class lettered in at least one sport. Um, however, thanks to two people, my grandmother <laughs> and Jack LaLanne, um, <laughs> I had <laughs> – now, for the class of 20 – anybody listening to this, a lot of folks don't remember <laughs> who Jack LaLanne was. Well, he was the original physical fitness guru – who came on television and he would exercise for 20 minutes and talk about staying in shape and, and was kind of an oddball in a way. But my grandmother exercised with this guy religiously. And when I was a little kid, I would exercise with her <laughs> and I stayed physically fit. I had a counselor in high school who really tried to do everything he could to sabotage uh, my appointment to the Air Force Academy because I didn't play any sports. He didn't think yeah. I could make it. Yeah. But when I did the physical fitness test into the, the Air Force Academy, these guys would show up with their jackets. I'm sure you did with your jackets, with the, you know, the letter <laughs> and the different sports and the medals hanging down and all this stuff. You know, and I was if I had one, I would have worn my band jacket just to be or even more nerdy. If they had like a debate team jacket, I would have worn that. <laughs> well, for and, work, Dave, hey, on you talking about a jacket or yeah. letter jackets i i yeah. did letter in football twice i got oh, cut wow. from the baseball i got cut from the baseball team three times to where it was so bad at the end they, the coach felt bad for me and he said well you're going to the academy i'll let you be the assistant coach of the baseball <laughs> team that i wasn't good enough to play on <laughs> <laughs> and my football team we were so bad that they made a movie about a team that kicked our butt so you know oh yeah <laughs> oh my gosh we were the we were the second victim of the Remember the Titans movie that year. Yes. Oh yeah. Out in Virginia. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So so well, they don't have to be an athletic star to get to the academy as well. No, but you have to be physically fit. And when yeah. I did the, the physical fitness test of those who were there applying for the service academy, I scored at the top, except for the army had pointed this thing, you had to do a basketball throw. And I sucked at that, but I <laughs> did well. And I attribute that to Jack Lane, and you know. Well, so. But I was thinking more along your band and debate stuff. You were pretty pretty impressive in those, right? I was in band and I was on the debate team, and and uh, you know, I was in a lot of clubs and committees. In fact. I was a student body president and I was on the student council and stuff. And uh, we, we at that time would go to the uh, board of uh, the school board meetings and represent the view and being, of course, a member of the debate team. Uh, I was vocal <laughs> and, and uh, <laughs> at uh, some point, 
they were they were doing things that you know we the students didn't like and the school board put a gag order on us saying that they didn't want students to talk to the press uh that was <laughs> quickly rescinded when they realized there's something about freedom of, <laughs> of speech that they were restricting um but oh yeah, I was a radical guy. Then the cool thing that I did, the coolest thing I did in high school, I was the first, and as far as I know, maybe the only, but I know I was the first high school intern to work at the state capitol. Cool. So that was yeah, it was pretty cool. I was with all these college guys and and I had this wonderful past that could get me out of class at any time. <laughs> the capital any time <laughs> and everybody all the teachers are honored except for my physics teacher said, no i want a letter if you're missing my class i need a letter that you actually went i'm not gonna i'm not gonna trust you uh good now, old I, gotta, I gotta ask did that missing ever catch up to you uh no <laughs> Phys <laughs> okay. physics uh, yeah i did i didn't miss too much uh uh, physics class in high school and my physics at the Air Force Academy was fine. Chemistry? Okay. That's a oh, whole yeah. other story. So we won't <laughs> talk about that. Yeah, we've got, we got left hand and right hand there. <laughs> which one Which one are you good at? Which one are you getting crushed by? So so you got is this where uh, a famous uh, congressman helped out? Well, okay. Um, no, because well, yes, okay. <laughs> Well, well, okay, because I had a nomination for West Point and the Air Force Academy, and Senator Cranston uh, gave me a nomination for West Point. And uh, while I was at the at the state capitol, I worked for Willie Brown, who was at the time he was head of the Ways and Means Committee. Later, became Speaker of the House, and retired as mayor of San Francisco. And he was one of the most connected people in politically in the state. So I don't know. You know, I, I I like to think that he had something nice to say that helped Cranston give me a nomination for West Point. But I had a presidential nomination for the Air Force Academy. Oh. Yeah. And, you know, that's for people whose parents are on active duty or retired. And so I had the honor of being nominated by the only president to resign from office. So there yeah, you go. I, I got to I got the same nomination. You have to write a letter every year because <laughs> he quit. <laughs> so, so Air Force over West Point because it was your first choice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was if it was clearly I wanted to go to the Air Force County. Now, having said that, when we played <laughs> Army at West Point. I said, you know, it would have been cool to go here, <laughs> but no, um, for, for me personally, uh, the Air Force Academy was no easy experience. It was, um, you know, challenging all four years for me. And, uh, I'm, I'm thankful, thankful that I was able to go and, I, I want to thank the the uh, chaplaincy and God for making sure I graduated. So it was. <laughs> did, did you ever? Did you ever? So bringing that up, did you ever uh, want to quit? I'm probably one of the few guys who could honestly say no. Never, never did I want to quit. Never did I want to. I, quit. I never. 
I personally yeah. never wanted to quit. I thought they were going to throw yeah. me out. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. You know, I think if, if you're fearing of getting thrown out. <laughs> yeah, quitting is well, the option. Not, yeah, survival is the option, not the quitting. Yeah. That's it. Um, you know, I had, gosh, I, I went through so many different hells um, at the Air Force Academy. When, when I graduated, my first assignment was back at the Academy in the registrar's office uh, recruiting minorities for the Air Force Academy for a year. Okay. And I interviewed and the, and the this guy said said the uh, head of that section interviewed me for the job and he said said well so what may, what what do you bring that's special to this job he said I've been through every hell the Air Force Academy has to offer <laughs> and I've been through some of the good things a lot some of the good things and I I think if they see somebody who survived. And it still has a positive attitude about the place. I think would be a selling point. So, so, so let's. If you if you're uh, up for it, uh, would you like to unpack some of the? Um. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll give you one classic one. That. Um, yeah. I, I, my uncle. Uh, one day he said something to me that that hopefully wasn't prophetic, but it's come darn close a couple times. He said he said to me, Davy, because that's what my family calls me, Davy. Sure. Davy, sure. one of these days your mouth is gonna dig your grave. <laughs> <laughs> and I ticked off a couple instructors uh, a few times. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it just in some horrible ways, and and. As well as some of my classmates, you know, who can, if they remember, not yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, oh goodness, I. And even at this late stage of my life, I'm working on uh, <laughs> learning how good it is to keep. Most of the time. Um, oh, worst thing that ever. Do, that's really hard oh. to do. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Goodness. Well, the worst thing that happened to me, the scariest thing, the absolute worst thing is when uh, in, in the chemistry class, uh, we were working on a project together and then we turned in some paper, you know, some of the report on it. And we all decided, well, we're working on this together, we're doing the report, so they should probably be the same. So the instructor for an honor violation. Now get this, you know, stuff word for word you know practically on everybody's paper did you really think instructor that we're trying to fool you yeah <laughs> it's really. work and so you know the instructor was kind of upset that he didn't get to can a bunch of cadets but that was yeah that was scary because oh. i don't oh. think i'd go home i mean just seriously i mean that's how i took I I think I'm older and wiser now, realizing that there's there is a life after that. But I mean, I could I could flunk out, I could be kicked out for anything, but honor. I don't think I would have gone home. Yeah, um, that would tell especially yeah. as I recall, chemistry was in the middle of the hell week, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think so, but you know, chemistry was such a wonderful experience for me all around. Um, <laughs> Every well, week was I should say yeah. I remember a famous chemistry GR in Hell Week our dual year. Maybe that's yes. right. Chemistry was a full year of 
yes <laughs> so we th- there was one week that was ex- ex- extraordinarily hard compared to the rest of the stuff which was just well, difficult in, in gen- general yeah goodness gracious oh boy that was that was that was rough okay. um jack lane fitness guy but you weren't an athlete uh, a sports playing guy how did you handle the uh the physical activity at the zoo i did you know i did pretty well okay i i you know, I survived. I've, I've, and the other thing was, I was young for my class, uh, in, you know, from grade school on. And um, there's an interesting book out. I wish I could recall the title where the guy noticed some things. He said he looked at hockey players and they all had birthdays clustered around the same time. And he looked hmm. at baseball players, you know, top baseball players. Again, they had birthdays clustered around the same time. And he concluded, you know, that because when they entered elementary school and started playing the sports, they were on the older a- end of the age range. I was the, always been the youngest person in my class. Interesting. And, and so I wasn't all that coordinated <laughs> for a lot of sports, which is why you know, I never made a made the football team. I think they probably would have, you know, used me on the football team when I was in high school as a tackling dummy or something, but uh, (laughs) I was in marching band. So I said, I'll do that instead. Um, But, and I, it always bothered me. You know, I I could never understand why, of course, uh, the other thing was the neighborhood I grew up in really an ego buster. Um, The kids I grew up with, uh, I mean, we played baseball. We lived and played baseball. We played in vacant lots. They played in Little League. They played everywhere. And uh, I just really sucked. I mean, we played with these guys. Ah, it was horrible the whole time. They're yelling at me and saying, don't you see that was a tri- double play? You could make all this stuff. I couldn't understand. I wasn't making plays and striking out. <laughs> these kids, these kids I grew up with, went to the World Series of Little League and came in third place two times wow a number of them went on to play pro ball at one level or another so i was always comparing myself to these kids yeah and then then i was like visiting somebody you know in a whole different neighborhood and we're playing baseball and i'm you know hitting well i'm making plays i'm thinking maybe i don't suck so much it's just that that lead level yeah, you know, I just that was it. I was, you know, I was totally out of my league. And what happens is the you know, in elementary school, nine months different, eight months difference is a lot. Oh yeah. And the older kids are more coordinated, so they get more attention, you know, and they get more coaching and they do better. They like it better than me, who, you know, I can't catch the ball, you know. So well, so anyway, that's my excuse. That's my excuse. Yeah, I was thinking like the, the uh, obstacle course, the assault course, and the uh, some oh. of that stuff. Oh, that stuff, you know, that was not really a problem for me. You know, okay. I mean, yeah. Um, or Jack Lane stuff. <laughs> yeah, I said, yeah, again, I can do that, you know. <laughs> if, they, if they had seen the obstacle course, well, you know, I'd probably still be doing squat thrust or something. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, so it was... You know, now, hmm, it's, 
I played intramurals. I was never a big star. I, I love soccer, but I learned soccer late and the, my knees even then were, were having prob causing problems. So my first year I ref soccer, um, okay. you know, it was, yeah, it was, it was a good fit for me. You know, now they were recruiting for the baseball team or, or football team. Well, I was a bad fit for that. But <laughs> they're all, it's very select few get the well, I shouldn't say selected, but it's the rare guys that can do the the whole plus play on the varsity sport at the zoo. That's oh, yeah. that's an impressive deal. <clears throat> well, I I roomed with um, Mike Warden, my dually or part of my dually year. Oh, you okay. know who was a yeah, you know, quarterback, and then Mike Gould was on the, in the same squadron, and you know, once again, that inferiority complex coming out. <laughs> you know, what's, what, these, what's, what squadron was that? The Dooleyer? Uh, six, Bull Six. All right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was a. It was a kind of our flight commander, John M. Pretz, during <laughs> Beast, first Beast later became our squadron commander and okay. uh, a number of years ago uh quite a few years ago probably about 15 or so years ago i ran him down i found his email and i uh, i sent him a fan letter <laughs> huh. you know how because flight flight commanders during beast are really kind of your models I don't you know, remember any of those people. <laughs> That's impressive. Oh, goodness. Well, I do. I remember Pretz because, you know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, wait a second. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you about perhaps the other worst thing that happened to me. I had yeah, so I was going to say we got to get into some of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Pretz was, he impressed me so much. He was, he was a straight shooter. He rode my rear hard. You know, <laughs> I mean, he didn't, he didn't take any prisoners. And I just had the greatest respect for him. And, you know, I mean, you get guys like Warden and Gould and, and uh, uh, you know, gosh, you know, Dr. Arbentina, you know, just a bunch of outstanding people. Then, you know, some mediocre guy like me. <laughs> but, but, you know, and I said this thing, I said, you know, are, you know, can you believe the people that you were the first impression for what they have done? And I just thanked him for for it. And I told him, you know, I became a flight commander in Beast because of you. And I hope I carried the, the tradition on well. Well, later, um, at another time, earlier than that, I should say, I went back for one of the homecoming games and ran into this guy who's now, who was then a firsty, who was a dually <laughs> in, in Beast, and I was his flight commander. No oh, wow. <laughs> And he sees me. We're actually at a club somewhere. I run into him. Let me buy you a drink. I said, why? I said, you know what? He said, I became a flight commander because of you. <laughs> and that was the highest honor anybody has ever given. That's but cool. the story, the story goes on. Uh-oh. In AWACS here. And so this same guy, Kevin Jones, is is an AWACS. I see him every once while we're we talk, you know. And then he brings this woman up. He said, he said, he said, hey, this is your granddaughter. She became a flight commander because of me. Oh, wow. <laughs> I said, wow. And today, Keevan <laughs> is teaching junior Air Force ROTC, not too far from where I live. And uh, his, his cadets on Facebook and, and have been to the school once uh, or, or 
and just so proud that, you know, um, that when we talk about the long blue line, that's what it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. That's cool. Yeah. Well, let me tell you about the worst time I had when I was a dually. Okay. <laughs> All right. Chemistry thing, yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, chemistry was the scariest. But the yeah. worst thing that I was a dually was, uh, <laughs> again, self-inflicted wound. It wasn't <laughs> quite my mouth, but it was... Well, okay, well, let me tell you what happened. You know how we'd have the pep rallies and stuff, and we'd all go, yeah. pep rally, and we'd go off and run the pep rally. Well, at lunch, um, they said pep rally, and and we asked permission from the table commandant to be excused, and he looked at us and said, no, now what are you going to do? And so, <laughs> so then a third classman said, see, that's your problem for your class, Rush. Class has no balls. You know, you guys don't have any gut, you know, all this stuff. So we are tapping into the table, you know, as we did. So we all stand up. I take my glass of juice and I pour it on the plate of the, <laughs> of the, the third classman who, who challenged my dear class. Oh, no. And it's amazing how many upperclassmen knew my last name after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. I was, was just a big roar. Ross! <laughs> oh, yeah. And I I paid for that for quite some time. A lot of um, spots with the admissions, huh? Oh, yeah. A lot, a lot of that. Uh, special inspections and all kinds of things. And I think they're, they were going to shoot me or something. But uh, believe it, as I understand it, uh, Cadet John M. Pratt said, well, wait a second. You challenge him. And that's what he did. So I think you've had enough fun with him at this point. So they well, took cool. the shotgun and put it back up. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so that was pretty much all Dooley. Or how did real the first non beast summer go for you with Siri and all that stuff? Oh, you know. Okay. Well, the neat thing about my first summer there is I got to redo the second semester of chemistry. <laughs> Our flight. Our <laughs> flight, yes. Oh, gosh. Wow. Well, yeah, yeah, but wait, that, honest to goodness, that was a great summer, believe it or not. You know, I don't know if you've ever done our flight, but. but no, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've learned through these uh, interviews that you could voluntarily do one. Yes. To get, yeah. to get a, an academics. And I go, my God, I never do. I, I want to get out of here every summer for so badly. Oh, I, didn't, I, I should have yeah. thought of it. <laughs> I did too. I did too. Uh, you know, I get in the dorms in our flight just before taps. Nobody was in the hall. I look up and down the hall and I, I'd yell, well, good effing night and slam the door. <laughs> <Bam>! <laughs> you know, I did that for like three days. And then um, somebody pointed out that, you know, our flight is a tremendous, back when we were all male, it was a tremendous opportunity to meet young ladies. <laughs> said really said yeah you go up to the chapel you know and you make sure your uniform is immaculate and you could either do it solo or you could do it with a wingman and it worked better if there's a wingman because see you know the second biggest tourist attraction west of the mississippi um families would come up there and families frequently have daughters (laughs) and so you know the wingman would go 
say, would you like a tour of the academy? Back when we could do that, we could take them out in the cadet area. So, yeah. and so, so when they would talk to the parents and talk about Skidmore and Merrill and all those folks and you know all the <laughs> Trotso stuff, and the other guy'd be hitting on the girl. So. <laughs> oh wow! So yeah, I would turn out, and you know, then you get a, a ninth grade, and it was like half a day of school and half a you know half the day to do the homework and, <laughs> and you know and Trotso. Pardon me. And, <laughs> yeah, and they actually. Yeah. You had plenty of time to do the tour the Toronto, so, and it was, gosh, it was really a lot of fun. So I did my first um, summer was, it was, what was it? Was it our flight first? Yeah, our flight, uh, Siri, Airborne, and I did Siri and Airborne together. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and had a young man in my. Uh, group who was notorious for his inability to do anything right at Siri. Uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say his name because he has passed away. Okay. And uh, the other thing is, I I am really um, uh, I'm embarrassed to say the rest about this. But anyway, he was just he failed everything in Siri. Whatever it could during the water survival portion, he almost drowned. Uh, during <laughs> during the trek, he got us lost. I was behind the last guy to, he was, to keep him moving. He got the two of us lost from the rest of our party, probably about four or five times, on and on and on. And and you know he just totally broke down in the uh, uh, POW camp. Mm. I mean, it was just it was horrible, horrible. And um, so I talked about this guy like a dog forever. He of course at the end of the third class, first semester, third class year, and you mm. went off. And I talked about him for years, decades. Okay. So then I would talk to a friend of mine who has a son who is on the spectrum. And she said, what would he do? How did he act? And I said, yeah, he was very smart, but, you know, he just, you know, it sounds like he may have been on the spectrum before we even knew there was a spectrum. Yeah, there, it was just an oddball, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, incredible. And I realized, I realized, oh my gosh, I've been harassing this guy for, you know, I, I felt horrible. You know, I felt really bad, but it got worse. Um, <laughs> I got a friend request from him on Facebook. Said, oh my gosh. And so I sent a friend request. And, you know, he was just a really neat guy. <laughs> He did. He was in, I think he was in the Army National Guard. He was became a lawyer. Uh, he worked for um, uh, the government in, in patents. You know, I think it was, a, you know, again, a patent attorney of some sort. Sure. He did a lot of neat stuff. He served his country. Yeah. He, he did fine. And then I he said that he had come down with cancer. Now, okay, I'm a, a fairly religious person and I'm thinking oh my god he's going to die and find out I've been talking stink about him all these years and I you know and I honest, I was praying for his healing uh, you know probably for the worst reasons you know I'm probably going to have to answer to God for the worst reasons I don't want him to die and him find out what I did before I could apologize to him. yeah you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh yeah, you know, and I could just see you get to heaven and get my face smacked or something. But anyway, <laughs> that was really serious. But the other thing was that, you know, this guy who I maligned for being a wimp courageously dealt with cancer right to the end. Wow. And uh, that's impressive. Yeah. Tough one. Impressive. Yeah. Well, if it makes you so, feel any better, I went back to my high school reunions and I used to have, like, there was a guy, I was, I moved in the middle of my sophomore year and every time I would show up on a sporting event, he and I would get into a fist fight. <laughs> he, goodness. I didn't like the military kid coming in, maybe taking his spot yeah. on a team and we'd, yeah. we'd be playing pickup basketball, we'd end up in a fist fight. We'd be wrestling in gym class, we'd end up in a fist fight. We're on a football field, we end up in a fist fight. And I, I just remember... Showing up at the 43 and going, man, I hope that jerk's not here. I don't want to get in another fist fight. And I'm saying this to his best friends from high school. They're doing the memorial video, and he's on the more. He had died in the, in the F-18 crash. Oh, no. Oh, he had God. gone to civilian school and become an F-18 pilot in the Marines and crashed into a – and I'm going, oh, oh, oh man. <laughs> I thought this was about him, about him to his friends while his right. memorials were being rolled God. in the background. Oh, goodness. So, well, when when we pass through the pearly gates, we're going to have to be looking over our shoulders. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm on a, I definitely will have a dented halo or two, I, I, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. All right. So yeah. Dave Ross, world famous Dave Ross, makes it through Siri and, and jump school, by the way. Where that, I bet that was fun. Well, actually, it was fun because my brother <laughs> went to Morehouse College in, in Atlanta. Oh, and okay. yeah, and um, I had visited him that spring break, and you know, saw some of the. He went Morehouse is a men's college, and you think yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. like the Air Force Academy, and you know it's all male. You know, the Air Force Academy it used to be, but it's right across the street from Spelman, which is yeah. an all women's college. <laughs> so that was not a bad deal at all. I had somebody that to was- visit the one time we one or two times that we got out of uh, Fort Benning. Well, the other, the other thing I remember about Fort Benning is all we wanted because <laughs> we'd been starving on the track. <laughs> yes. Oh, gosh. And um, so you, we were, were you at Benning the same time? Yeah, we, we overlapped. I, I went to second, okay. second period Syria and third period Fort Benning. There we go. We were there. So yeah. you remember the, the senior Air Force Academy cadet there. I you, probably do you remember? Maybe no, maybe I you don't recall his name right now, but it, which is really embarrassing because he's from Sacramento, and his <laughs> and here's the thing: his I think his grandparents and my grandmother, the same one who got me into Jack Lelane, yeah. uh, were. There was a lot of folks from what I call the New Orleans diaspora, uh, okay. African-Americans who left New Orleans for, for California, and they were, they were part of it. And, um, you know, so this guy is, you know, practically family. And I was watching him doing push-ups. I was saying, <laughs> and they wouldn't let us do push-ups with him. So, you know, not that I was really eager to offer, but, you know, um, just a real nice guy, and I can't think of his name. And um, 
gosh, I, that drives me crazy. But mm. it comes to me at three o'clock in the morning. I'll call you up and, and tell you what <laughs> okay, it is. Okay. <laughs> well, 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 what I what I my research tells me that after third degree summer, you went off to your upper class squad, and that's when you really started to excel in some really cool things at the academy. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Come uh, on again. Well, let me tell you the rest of the story. So you get, you know, like, oh, he just life turned wonderful for him easily. Well, it well, did not. It well, did not. Me, I was because one of the things I was on was aptitude probation. You know, after pouring juice and and other yeah. stuff, I left Six Squadron with a with a cloud and get into Twenty Seven Squadron with a major patent who you know was known for kicking cadets out of the academy who didn't meet standards. So, well, but wait a second. I got off on the wrong foot with him. Um, you know, we're getting our stuff, and I've got my bicycle in the room and boxes and stuff. And the first thing I unpacked was this little portable stereo thing. And my roommate and I, you know, listened my brand-new roommate, we were listening to tunes. We turned it up. We're blasting. You know, we're no longer dualies. We listen to music. <laughs> yeah. It was so loud, we did not hear the minute callers saying that the room had to be what they call the parent uh, AMI order. You know, there could be yeah. thrown in drawers. Yeah, it just had to be order. Our place was a disaster. And uh -oh. there was going to be inspection after lunch. We knew nothing about that. <laughs> we went back to the room, and it was a total disaster. And the AOC walked in there. And this cadet squadron commander walked in there. And the squadron commander was red in the face. And, and and so we, we did not hear the minute callers, you know, and just like uh, I said, oh gosh, I'm dead meat, <laughs> and probably should have been, but yeah, I I tried to do everything right <laughs> from then on, at least militarily, um, and in the you know the end of that year, he said, you know, you've done really well. In fact, I. Wound up on the commandant's list, so it was. So you went from yeah. That's impressive. Yeah, and that was one of the things I told. Him. I said I was on some of the bad list and some of the good list, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then the uh, yell squad, the cheerleader team, right? Yeah, that's right. I was my my. I, well, I was on the debate team. Yeah. Um, and then my the our first year, of course, Spirit of '76. I was one of the, I was one of the members of the Continental Color Guard. Cool. So yeah, I played the fife. You know, so that was a, that was a qualification. Also, I was you know experienced in marching band. I you know, which is one thing I wish I had time to be in the drum and bugle corps too. You know, but I just was too much. Um, and I was a yell leader. Um, that fun I had. I how do you got on the yell squad? There was an audition type of thing. You know, I said, "Hey, who wants to be on the yell squad?" And uh, uh, Dennis Damien, I think, was was running it. Maybe somebody else on the squad before, and I got on. You know, and again, it required you know some minor gymnastic stuff. I was not super great at all that, but I I did that yeah, with the squad. And um, it was a lot of fun. Right up, 
the end of the army game mm. when I had to quit the squad because here we go. I exceeded my demerit limit. <laughs> oh gosh, like I said, so the good list and some of the bad lists. So and, that, is that con- that's conduct pro? Yes, that's conduct probation. And well, you get to it's a great thing. <laughs> conduct probation, because they strip your rank and then you have to carry a rifle. Uh, oh yeah. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I I went I tried out for the uh, the Yell Squad or whatever the first time we could be on it. Yeah. And I got booted off of it for academics. So I, I was on academic probation when I lost my ability to be on the squad. Oh, goodness. Well, hey, you know, we are really two peas in a pod. <laughs> well, Dave, I, I, I like to. My wife says I can't say this anymore, but I used to brag that I'm too dumb to be a cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not too dumb to be a cheerleader. <laughs> no, well, here's you, the you thing. Just, you just couldn't you get know. a room clean enough to be a cheerleader. <laughs> You know, I was a yell leader and, you know, I really enjoyed it. And my oldest son was a gymnast. You know, he was out here uh, at Bart Connor school. So I got to meet Bart Connor, Nadia Komenich, and a bunch of other Olympic athletes. And it was really cool for me. And my son liked it a lot until his senior year. And he quit gymnastics and then went out for football. So, and he made the squad. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, he had all the yeah, a lot of uh, physical capability and and all of that. But I said, you know, I said, you know, well, you know, gymnastics, you could have used that for a scholarship. And he, he said, well, no, Dad, I'm not going to do that. And he said, well, you know, I get a football scholarship, but you know what you could do? You could be a cheerleader. And he looked at me like I asked him to eat glass. <laughs> I know. I know that my son would roll his eyes at my con. Yeah, why would you do that? And I go, well. In our day, there were no women on the academy, so to be That's a right. yellow cheerleader, you got to meet the other team's girl cheerleaders. That was a great. That's chance. right. That's yeah. that's right. <laughs> you know, it was really kind of a quite the benefit. Um, yeah. You got to travel, go to some neat places. You know, um, yeah, I I enjoyed it a lot, and uh, I convinced uh, the vice commandant to let me go until the end of the army game. Which is another fun story. This was at, at road. No, it was home. It was home. Okay. So yeah, that was it, and I was gone. It was done. But uh, we won, so <laughs> that's all that mattered. And I got yep. to cheer for that. And then I went went to be a prisoner number eight two five and twenty seven <laughs> squadron. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I, I think I remember that army game because we won because we had army guys visiting for some reason. On yeah. camera, and I, yeah. We had one mouthy one that we taped to a cot and put him in the yeah. elevator. On. <laughs> He's up and down the elevator. On that tape to the tape. That's funny. Oh god! So yeah. you were also a, uh, a Catholic council president. Is that right? Yes. Yes, that's right. I was the president of the Cadet Catholic Council. Uh, um, one of my classmates reminded me of one of the funny names. I was Cadet Cardinal Ross. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, so for the folks listening in on this, so Cadet Ross was a, a great speaker, a, a spirited cheerleader for the academy, 
had had a strong religious conviction, but got himself in trouble with the merits and, and conduct and aptitude. So, I mean, it could be, it's, it's the whole man concept in a kind of a weird fashion, right, Dave? <laughs> yes, it was. It was. Oh, goodness. You wanted to touch all the bases you could. I, I get it. I, I, I really did. I really did. I just wanted to, to just get to the outer edge of the envelope till they finally said, we are shuttling you out of here. You know? <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, yeah. Now, did you go to third lieutenant with all this stuff? Oh, yeah. I went to third lieutenant. Oh, gosh. I had a great third lieutenant. I went to Fairchild. And okay. uh, was with, with the helicopter squadron there. Because I thought, hey, I'd like to fly helicopters. But, uh, you know, <laughs> here, do what you want to do. Because somebody said, "Oh, you know, you don't want to fly helicopters because you only probably the highest you'll get will be a lieutenant colonel." That'll be it. And now I'm lieutenant colonel, United States Air Force, retired Dave Ross. <laughs> so it, was, it made a difference. Except I'd have a lot of fun. But all oh, that was third lieutenant was great because we also got to go to the POW camp since we'd already been to that. And um, you know, my moment of glory was was when the major bowed to me. <laughs> And I said, up dog, you know, and walked away. You had to, to, to go again? No, I got to be as the cadre. You know, actually, we were oh, observers. Okay. We were part of the, so we went as, you know, we got to observe and, and we talked about the differences and things like that. You know, it was very interesting. The um, Because they had people who were older, you know, those ancient people like majors and senior <laughs> captains and stuff. Uh, go through the program <clears throat> they weren't quite as physical as they were with us in different things and that was about the basic difference uh, it was a lot you know very similar oh and also they had women going through the program when i was there and okay. um so they you know they they were just insulting horrible people uh, just as they were to us so <laughs> it was that was those are the differences um and they were on their home turf and also the helicopter squadron I was with, you know, did missions supporting the survival school. Uh, we flew, I flew in a, a couple rescue missions where they went to a place and, you know, took somebody to a hospital and, and medevac them and that type of stuff. So it was really, it's a fun thing. And I tried to engineer a B-52 ride back to uh, Mather Air Force Base. Okay. Because they kept, Yeah. Except the squadron commander said, "Well, I don't understand how you could do third lieutenant here at this health squad squadron and fly with us. I'm not, I'm not approving this." <laughs> what a jerk! Have you ever heard of a boondoggle? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah that was it's just a rule. Yeah, <laughs> good. <then. laughs> so anyway, right, so, it, was, it was a lot so, of fun. And you muddled through all the way to graduation. Yes, I did. And you said you got reassigned right back to the zoo. Right back to the zoo. There we go. You're trying First to get away year. from this place, and they go, you're going right back. You're right back. On base, or where'd you live? No, I I, I lived off base. Um, there was, our office had, how many did we have? About five people, five lieutenants. And later, uh, an ATO joined us. Um, and we, it was, gosh, it, I think it was, it was one of the greatest jobs a second lieutenant could ever have, because we would be in charge of recruiting an area or whatever. So you're going, they, 
you pack all your materials. You're going to visit high schools in this area, then go to a um, college conference or whatever. And uh, it was neat. And you just talked to the Air Force. I remember I was in, where was I? I was, you know, because the uh, liaison officer would, you know, talk up the arrival of this, you know, uh, a second lieutenant recent graduate of the Air Force Academy and, and try to get as many high profile events as possible. And then there was a day that I didn't have much and the uh, the eight the um, liaison officer said there's a young man in I was in Mississippi somewhere, as I recall, in you know, small town Mississippi who wants to go to the Air Force Academy. And he said he's willing to talk to you in the evening. You know, after you finish everything, so okay, great. So I, you know, before GPS or anything, I had a map, a government car. It's late at night. It's getting oh, dark, oh, oh. <laughs> and I'm halfway lost. And I'm thinking, I saw the heat of the night. Now, how did that end? You know, so. Well, this guy in the white hood, he'll tell me where. Yeah, this guy, he'll tell me where oh, to go. Man. Oh, man. So anyway. I made it there and I talked to the kid and it was, it was really great that I made it back. But it's one of those things I was thinking to myself, Oh gosh, this, this could be bad. This could be bad. A lot, a lot of dark endings. If you're watching the wrong movies. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh no. But that was, that was really such an awesome assignment. Such, I, I really loved it. I loved the, we had um, a major and a captain and then all these second lieutenants and a secretary. <laughs> that was it in their office. Wow. And, and then, and then uh, there you got to go to pilot training, right? Yes, I did. Didn't do. I what didn't graduate from pilot. I didn't get my pilot's wings. Okay. No. It was a sad, horrible thing. And you know, if an Air Force Academy graduate doesn't make it through pilot training, they're just, there's something wrong. And there was something wrong. There are a lot of things going on, including. Um, I had problems in 37s. I ironed those out. I was cool. I was doing great in T-38s. And then things, I just kind of lost the picture. Um, it was also shortly after a friend of mine died uh, in oh. 38s. Yeah, he tried to, to, in a final turn, tried to tighten it in those little bitty wings oh, and no. fell like a rock there, which was, yeah, it was kind of upsetting. Uh, he is all right, so the God Squad comes into this story. Um, sure. So I'm this Catholic guy, and then we had these two Protestant guys below, and this guy was, you know, hardcore about atheists. And so <laughs> we kind of worked on him, and just not really heavy, you know, not not we didn't thump him with a Bible or anything, but you know, we were we were just we just really just were his friend, and uh, he was married, so he invited us over for Thanksgiving. And which was really nice. And we were talking, you know, maybe he's, you know, because he, he he used to be really, like I said, a card-carrying atheist type thing. And so we're, we're feeling pretty good about this guy. And um, uh, sadly, I don't know where that went. He did, he did, and, uh, again, in final turn. So anyway, I was just, I think that was part of it. I don't know. Um but had some great times in pilot training too. <laughs> so was, after, that after, was, after you finished yeah. that phase, what, what happened? Where did you go next? Well, then I became a weapons controller, air battle manager. And uh, that's 
you know, um, did that on the ground and in the air and AWACS. And it was really, uh, yeah, I've, I often thought about this. It was in some ways, it would have been more enjoyable for me to, to do that because I'm working with the crew. I'm working with the team. Um, it was, you know, we'd fly different places or I'd be in a, in a bunker someplace working with the team and a crew. And I, I, I enjoyed that a lot. I really did. Um, now you uh, did some Air Force a long time, right? Well, yeah, I did 20, uh, was it 21 and a half years, something like that. Is yeah. that right? <laughs> yeah. Well, retirement, is, you know, you got the 20. So, so air weapons, yeah. what, what does that job entail? Uh, it, it basically, when I tell people, it says you're telling the good guys where the bad guys are and giving guidance to other people, letting know what the air war looks like. Um, on the AWAC plane, I was the mission crew commander. Uh, I was in charge of the mission. And I like to say, when things are going right, it's the easiest job on the jet. It really is. Uh, but when things <laughs> go awry or there's a lot of things going on, it can be a bit, it can be a bit challenging. Um, really enjoyed that. I enjoy, you know, Okay, I'll be honest. I enjoyed every single assignment I had, even to Iceland, even to Duluth, Minnesota, uh, <laughs> even to, you know, uh, I enjoyed every single assignment I had in the Air Force. And I'm just easy to please, I guess. Um, and then, so so after you did that for a while, for, from, from, yeah. your commitment was up, and then you went to SOS, is that right? Well, yeah, I went to Squadron Officer School. Um, and saw a couple of our classmates in, in the same SOS class. Um, Did you actually go there in person, or was it course? Yeah, went there. Went there in person. Um, okay. It was. It it too was a very a very interesting thing. You know, the thing that I really enjoyed about the Air Force more than anything else, I think, was the people that I met and got to know and work with, um, and and. Some of the biggest disappointments I had in the Air Force were some of the people I met and had to work <laughs> with. <laughs> just, just, and that was the rarity. That was the rarity. When I was at Squadron Officer School, there was this guy in our class who was just so, not on the spectrum, but just just a shady guy. I used to, I used to look at him and think, you know, if I had the power, I would pull his security clearance because this guy is. He he talked about money so much. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, why are you in the Air Force if you all you care about is money? Yeah, you know, really. you know that's not the place to be unless you're selling secrets or something. Then yeah. why are you in the Air Force? <laughs> so anyway, uh, that was yeah. But overall, I made a lot of nice friends. Uh, had a, another friend who was later ran into him here at Tinker, and uh, when when he. He started a nonprofit, and I was on his board of directors for a while. Um, cool. cool. Yeah. So it was, you know, just some, just some wonderful, overall wonderful experiences. Even Iceland. Iceland was, to me, if you had to be remote, Iceland was the one of the best places to be. And that was before um, SOS, right? That was uh, after Duluth. No, that was, that was no, that was after SOS. I'm sorry. So oh. I went to SOS. Uh, after okay, so here's here it went. So I went to Duluth, 
uh, International Airport and then got married. Uh, and then we went to Germany. Okay. Then we went to OA. Uh, and after Germany, I went to Squadron Officer School. Then from there, I went to McCord. Which is where um, you and I ran into each other. Yeah. And um, again, another, that was a great assignment. I did, yeah, that was a fun assignment. One of the most fun things I did there was uh, go out for Tops in Blue. Um, it was, you know, I won at the base level, then I went to the command level. The, it was uh, Mac base at the time, I think. So, yeah, it was a Mac base. So we went to the Mac command level that was at Pease Air Force Base. And they flew us there, luxury accommodations in the back of a C-130 from what from the <laughs> West Coast to the East Coast. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, the thing is, you know, did you do any, you know, Air Force issue things like sports or events or anything like that? Um, uh, well, I went, I went to... Uh... Yeah, I went down to a photography club trip as a cadet, but I didn't do any, any Air Force. I mean, I went to some games and things, but they were all in my own yeah. vehicle. Yeah, well, um, Tops in Blue is one of the neat things to try out for. You know, Sinbad was in the Air Force, and he, he okay. got – yeah, he was a, a perennial at Tops in Blue. Um, he was a boomer on the tankers, <laughs> and I flew with a guy who used to be his aircraft commander. He said the guy would have him laugh the whole flight. Just, I, I bet. But anyway, Tops and Blue is a fun thing. Fun, fun thing. You go there, you, you take off your uniform, uh, your rank is unknown, and and um, you just perform. Try to compete to get to the next level. Um, I did two things. I was master of ceremonies, and then I did a drama thing, a little drama thing. Um, I went down in flames as master ceremony. It was, oh gosh, that was, yes. I understand when, when a comedian say, says they died on stage, I know exactly <laughs> what they're talking about. Exactly. Day, not every day is a great day, right? <laughs> not every day is a great day. <laughs> yes, it was tough. Um, and then, but the dr dr dramatic side, I did okay, but they didn't, take me on to go to um, to the Air Force competition and then from okay. that they choose people to go tops and blue so anyway. right. but it was fun that was one of the fun things I did in the Air Force and the other one was recruiting when I was a recruiting command so I got went to Iceland then I got to Tinker then uh, I got uh, to command a recruiting squadron in Milwaukee Wisconsin okay and uh <laughs> So here's my claim to fame there. I was the first squadron commander they had in about three years who was not fired from the job. So <laughs> you're a success. <laughs> I was a success. We were on the bottom when I came there, and we actually became the number one squadron for a brief time uh, in the Air Force, which was kind of nice. Uh, there were some other interesting challenges. But overall, it was a really good assignment. Uh, the best, the best moments are, are are many, but I'll share just one with you. Uh, my Navy counterpart, you know, I got to know all my 
my counterparts in the different services for the most part, except I never met the Marine guy. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know. He was, know. At, he was probably, out there in a tent somewhere. <laughs> probably. He said, you know, this is not, I can't live in an office, you know. Yeah. So anyway, but I didn't really met him. But anyway, uh, the Navy guy in Chicago and I were always, we'd always run into each other and harass each other about the service, you know, with, you know which one is better, and, you know. I said, yeah, I had one renegade in my family who joined the Navy. He was always the weird one. That's the uncle who said uh, I would dig my, my grave with my mouth. And he said, oh, so we did all this. Stuff. So our recruiters on Veterans Day or, or the 4th of July or something got us to be on a local radio station. They were interviewing, talked to people in the military. So my Navy counterpart was there with his wife. She was waiting in the lobby and, and, I was in there, and so we did the radio show, and we talked, we came out. And when we came out, he introduced me to his wife, and he said, oh, you're Air Force? He said, yeah. And she said, oh, whenever we travel, we try to stay at an Air Force base because they have the nicest facility. (laughs) (laughs) And he's pulling out our arm, said, oh, really? Tell me more. Hey, yeah, they always put in the, the golf course and the pool first before they build a base. And that's what we used to say in the Navy <laughs> about Air well, Force it's, facilities. They're always much nicer than any Navy stuff. Well, you know, I, I use that in recruiting when I explained the different services. I said, said now, now let's, let's think about this. We have the world's greatest Army. And where does the Army work? Where's their focus? Where do they live? They live out in the field. So they've got yeah. the best support, the best food, the best weapons, the best of everything out in the field because that's where they do their job. That's when they tough. come back to base, it's just to scrape the mud off and shower and shave, <laughs> you know. And so there's not tent. a lot of focus there. In the Navy, we've got the world's greatest Navy. Our ships, our submarines are amazing. It's amazing. Where do they do their work? It's out at sea. That's where they put the money and where they do their work out at sea. When they come back to port, it's, you know, just to scrape some paint and, and, and see their spouses. You know, that's about it. But the Air Force, where do we do our work? In the air. We take off. We fly in the air. We land at a base. Then we take off again. We fly somewhere. Where do we land? At a base. The base is where we live. So we've got to make sure that that place is really nice. <laughs> I don't so disagree like- with the. The accommodation thing, yeah, and the and the yeah. navy when you're at sea, it's really even, it's the ugliest accommodations you can imagine. <laughs> I spent, I think, maybe thirty six hours on the USS Kid. Okay. And um, we were doing a joint exercise, so I was the the AWACS liaison. And when I got back, I said, "Whatever anybody in the navy wants, give it to them. <laughs> give it." To them. Yeah. I, Oh gosh, I had to. I'm trying to get in the rack and trying not to step on the guy's head below me, and the, yeah, the ship is yeah. rocking back and forth. Oh, and yeah. you know, this was officers' quarters. You know, <laughs> I, I got stories that will shake your. Head. I anyway, I don't. I don't want to just deter us from this. Um, I also know around this time you became the world champ in public speaking. That is true. That is true. Yes. <clears throat> Toastmasters International um, is, by its name, it's an international organization in about 140 countries. And every year they have a speech contest. And, uh, you know, it's, 
it was quite a heady and difficult thing. In fact, the, the contest is starting again this year and starts in the clubs and they go through, you know, there's different levels until you get to the international. So that was really quite an, uh, if I do say so, that was quite a daunting accomplishment. It's, it's allowed me to do some amazing things. I was, um, because of that, I've, you know, especially during COVID, I've remotely traveled around the world, but I've, uh, I've taught classes and um, communication, that sort of thing in Vietnam, for instance, which is kind of weird. Right. Um, and being a, you know, I've been a professional speaker and trainer and that sort of thing after the Air Force. And it's, it's yeah, it was amazing. It was, I was a young major and it was, <clears throat> I went to the finals for to compete um, after a deployment to Turkey. We were in Turkey during the, right after the end of the, the first Persian Gulf War. Yeah. And um, they had Operation Provide Comfort where we were providing supplies and support to the Kurds in northern Iraq and maintaining the no-fly zone. Uh, when I got there, I was, I did not have a speech written for my final speech, the competition speech. But there was a Toastmasters club on base at Turkey and uh, they helped me develop and formulate my speech. So it was... Yeah. Typically, I'm uh, just curious, what, what's the topic of these speeches? The just typically they're motivational speeches, and they're all you know. You write your speech. You you uh, it it the speeches that are successful are motivational. I feel good because I heard this. I've learned something that me forever uh, type speech. Um, yeah, it's it's. I have, as an example of of that one thing, you know, when I won and I, that one speech, I have a friend in Thailand who I've never met, although we were first introduced to each other when he was in Qatar, I think. He's originally, he well, as he says, he has an Indian passport, uh, but he's, he lives now in Thailand. And he said, you know, your speech changed my life. Wow. And, um, I, you know, to have somebody say that, and I've had a couple people say that, um, it, was a, it was an amazing thing to hear somebody say. It didn't change my life much, but. <laughs> hey, you got a prize and, and you get to talk. Yeah, I got a prize, got to talk about it. Well, actually, it did change my life. It really did. Um, <clears throat> the, I was in a Toastmasters club at Tinker Air Force Base, and. Uh, I joined this club because it was, you know, like 90% civilian uh, employees. And I wasn't, at the time, hadn't a lot of experience working with civilian Air Force people. And they went out of their way. They got um, an autograph photograph from Colin Powell wow. <laughs> commenting on my, on my accomplishment. Um, yeah, they were just amazing people. Um, yeah, and so part of the reason why I'm back in Oklahoma because I came, I did that from the, the base here in Oklahoma and the people in Oklahoma, District 16 of Toastmasters, were just so amazingly supportive. 
um, it it at that time, although it's a little less so now, it was the ideal competition where huh. people were, you know, I, well, let me give you, just tell you this story. So I'm competing to get to the, the world championship and I'm in one of the different levels and the, the district governor for the state of Oklahoma son is competing against me. Okay. Oh. So <clears throat> I win the contest and uh, the district governor, her husband and her son became, and still to this day, well, the, the, the her husband passed away, but still, uh, to this day, our friends and were, you know, cheering me on. Uh, the son said, no, the better you do, the better I look, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I would have won, but, you know, I lost to the world champion. So, you know. So you did that in the uh, early 90s, then you left the Air Force in the later 90s. The uh, rationale there? Well, okay. So I, I, you know, came back to AWACS and then I got a command of a recruiting squadron. Then I came back to AWACS again and then retired. And it was just, it just hit me one day that, you know, yeah, I, I had uh, some marital issues and stuff. And I, if I wanted to six, I'd have to take an assignment, you know, in Washington DC and, you know, all kinds of stuff and, or something, you know, yeah. I said, I, I'm going to retire. I'm going to retire. And um, I have, uh, you know, my mouth hasn't dug my grave, but it's helped to pay some bills. So, <laughs> but, you know, we don't know what tomorrow will bring. Uh, well, I, I thought I saw a stint in Leesburg, Virginia. Yes. I lived in Leesburg, Virginia for a while. That was uh, um, really a fun time. My, I, my two younger sons, um, went to school there. My oldest son was actually at, at Howard University in Washington, D.C. for a time. And my best friend, whose father invited us to Toastmasters when we were in high school, but he hung around with the wrong crowd in college mm. and became an army officer. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he retired out in Virginia. So I had family and everything out in Virginia. So I was a single father for a while, and I just said, you know, I've been imposing on friends for help. So now just impose on family and maybe a few old friends. <laughs> so I moved to Le Leesburg, Virginia. That was awesome. That was, that was, I really love Leesburg. How uh, outside of DC is that? Uh, <laughs> during rush hour or not rush hour? <laughs> oh, okay. It's without the traffic, right? Without the traffic, yeah, about an hour, but I would leave because I worked in D.C. I would oh, do. Geez. Oh, my. Yeah, I did. But I, it was a, the neatest gig. I worked for this Canadian company, and we trained uh, soft skills for government employees or nonprofits. And uh, we did it at different hotels. Um, it was one of the, it really, it was just a wonderful wonderful job occasionally i would travel like i did training at the grand canyon for the 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 park people there and i went to the great smoky mountains and i did a few other places but mostly it was out of washington dc which was perfect being a single dad um 
you know, I didn't, you know, I could have them at school or daycare or my mother who had moved to Washington, D.C. area would come out and take care, sit with the kids for a while. Okay. Um, yeah. So it was a perfect, perfect situation. I really, really like that. Now, you were stationed where um, when you were a kid in Virginia? My dad, well, uh, has, has uh, through first grade, we were down at uh, Langley and then uh, high school years, mm-hmm. uh, Sophomore through through graduation, uh, up in Northern Virginia, I'm called Centerville, and I went to Herndon High School. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I've heard of that. You know, I still get emails from Leesburg High School, the football boosters, because my middle son <laughs> played football. You know, I still get those. My middle son is how old is he now? He well, is we, 28. Oh my goodness! Well, I, I have a I have. Two guys that are my best friends from high school. One I've, one I, I I know about, but I haven't seen as close a touch with the, the one guy that I'm not as close to actually went to Annapolis, but became a Marine. My best <laughs> friend uh, went to uh, Lafayette and William and Mary to play basketball. He became a, a flight surgeon in the Coast Guard. Oh, well, yeah, the that's, guys, a, that's a normal route. <laughs> yeah, and, and the flight surgeon from the Coast Guard was our star athlete as far as academics and, and athletics. He was a guard on the basketball team and a tennis player and he was one of about six or seven black kids we had in this in the high school and he had a date with the girls i gotta I got tell you this story because you'll, you'll appreciate the leesburg connection he couldn't get the date with the girls because the parents wouldn't let him let this black guy so he would always have to go into anacostia to find his dates for different events yeah and there was one night when couldn't get dates for senior prom he could he because the parents wouldn't let him uh, me and my navy buddy because we were we were dorks and no, none of the girls wanted to go out with us <laughs> we, he i had the car and he he convinced me and my buddy and and uh the, the three of us went into anacostia on a saturday looking for an address for one of his girlfriends and he was a screw with <laughs> it turns out we we pull up in the street corner about one in the morning and it's it's, it's night and there's a bunch of guys hanging out on the corner and he rolls down the window and says i'm gonna ask these guys for directions I go, okay, okay fine he rolls down the window and goes hey brother man these hoggies got me kidnapped <laughs> 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 and we tore off i had i just like, what are you doing? <laughs> that was so funny we tore about and it was on the way back i said now we're taking you to leesburg you're gonna leave you out in the public square and say you talk to a <laughs> <laughs> That was that was back in the back in the early seventies. That was Leesburg was considered a place you could get in trouble with. Oh yeah, well you know here here's the thing that this is I yeah I do um, every February I do stuff for uh, Black History Month on Facebook, and this year I decided some stories. I lived in River Creek in Leesburg. And it's a, a gated community, and and um, uh, at the time we had people from the Washington football team, and their coach lived there too. Okay, uh, we lived, yeah, we lived like across the street was a London Fletcher. You know, he was okay, yeah, just a, yeah, real nice guy. You know, um, but anyway, it was carrying, unless you're carrying, yeah, unless you're carrying the ball, yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> no, yeah no, 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 um. And it surrounds a golf course, and this is a golf course that you know a lot of folks um, go to and that sort of thing. Really nice place, nice digs. 
And come to find out that that land was owned by a free black man wow. uh, prior to the Civil War. He ran the ferry that went between Virginia, one of the ferries that went between uh, Virginia and Maryland. Okay. And it's a very interesting story. So, <laughs> and then <clears throat> um, it has all that sort of history. Now, when we lived there, Leesburg was not a problem at all. Uh, at least, you know, I. Uh, well, that's been it's been thirty years, and we we were just kids making yes. fun. We didn't know. Anything. I know, yes, yes, but I mean, it was just it is amazing how some things have have totally changed over the year, and how in some places things have not. But uh, <laughs> well, yeah, save that topic for another discussion. So, yeah, to, to wrap time. this up, I, you you eventually left Leesburg and you came back to Oklahoma, yeah, and you run back. a radio station now. Yes, well, okay. That we had a nice online radio station, Smooth Jazz, and then uh, COVID came and it just kind of killed it. We couldn't um, because it was an online existence, and we would, it, it, which made it a lot of fun because I could listen to it anywhere in the nation, and I could tell people to listen to it. Uh, and so, anyway, during COVID, we we couldn't man it the way we wanted to. And uh, my partners and I have never agreed exactly what we want to do with it next. So, <laughs> oh goodness! Oh. But it, yeah, it was one of those things. It was like, oh, this is great. We're having fun here. This is this is something. And then uh, we had, and then we had minor equipment issues. And uh, uh, well, I, I still hope to resurrect it one day. In fact, I my dream, my dream is to have uh, a whole network especially with things you know everything is online these days uh we were on iheart radio and all of that but we could have had several different t genres of stations and um you know create an empire out of an office you know <laughs> so anyway but yeah that was that was that was one of the coolest things i've done and i'm so sorry to say that we we haven't uh come into agreement as to where we're going next on that so i i think the the kind of wrapping this thing up now yeah. for those of you who are duallys start <laughs> your academy journey there's a lot of paths you can take and Dave's path <laughs> yeah. is different than almost everybody else and and with path and i think it's really cool that all the stuff he's accomplished and stuff he's done and the air force was a great great start for him Absolutely. Um, I owe I owe the Air Force Academy a lot. Um, and I, I hope that uh, I've been able to actually I've recruited for the academy directly. And while I was in Air Force recruiting, uh, indirectly recruited for the academy. And I hope I, I paid it back a little bit. Mm -hmm.